This is a clip from The Ancient Gift. The entire episode is available on The Ancient Gift YouTube channel and all podcast platforms. Click the link in the description to get access to the entire episode now. You know, I came across, um, of all things, the elongated skulls. I can't believe I'm going to say this through the ancient alien program. Like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when I discovered that program and I became super fascinated with it as a historian. And, and, um, I would like to say a amateur, you know, uh, couch, uh, archeologist. <laughs> and, um, the biggest thing, you know, I, I really, uh, like, um, respect Brian Forrester's work in, in Peru and all the, you know, uh, work he's done and research he's done, incredible wealth of information. Um, and so the thing I, I think I found most fascinating, we can talk about elongated skulls for a little bit because I'm a total novice, sounds like you are too, but um, is that there are no sagittal sutures in these skulls. There, yeah. there, that was, goes, I, from my knowledge of uh, biology and, and, and anatomy is that that goes against everything that is, makes a human skull, a human skull, along with, um, now this is different research. So I have read that some of the skulls that were tested in, um, Prakas, uh, Peru, did not uh, did have a, a mitochondrial DNA that was not recognized by a database. So on the ancient alien program, of course, that goes right up to it's an alien, right? It's an alien hybrid. But there are a lot of scholars, and the person that was going to be James Keenan that was going to be on the show tonight, his version of that is he doesn't think, from what I understand, he doesn't really think that that's the case. He thinks that it might be a race, like a hominid race that existed back when these beings existed on. Um, on the planet and they interbred with hominids and they're no longer in existence. You know, they, they died out. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've got actually three pages of, of notes here that I worked on for, for this uh, show. Great. And, um, and yeah, just like you, I mean, I respect Brian Forster. I mean, he's been doing it for probably three decades now. Yeah. Yes. And he was one of the first names that I heard, you know, when I, early on in my research back in the day, it was like him, Sitchin, David Icke, you know, he, he's been a household name for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's funny, like he, he was always in the background for me. I was always like, yeah, that's the dude. He researches the big heads and stuff. Mm -hmm. Never really took it serious until actually you reached out to me. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know who told her that I researched elongated heads, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we can get that would be that. Chris Matthew. So okay, <laughs> he probably just confused it with like the Anunnaki because I do research a lot of that. Oh, that's a subject we can talk about now because that's what got me started on my journey was discovering the Anunnaki. That was yeah, the well, first first whole thing for me. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, right there. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm down to talk about the elongated schools because I, I, I found some stuff that fascinated me. And, and honestly, now I'm kind of like, I want to make a, a video about it. <laughs> hey, see, that's what sometimes happens in life. You know, one thing leads to another. So there you go. So what do you so tell me what you found out in your research, Eddie? But what's right. you know, how, what do you think about this? All right. I'm going to just move through the notes and then we can speculate as I go. Sure. Um, kind of saving the best for last. And it kind of answers that what you just uh, uh, postulated right now, as far as where the DNA originates. Um, but okay, so just I have, I'm going to start with the general history timeline of you know South America, primarily like the Peruvian area. So um, in 900 BC, we had the emergence of the Chavin people. 
And then 300 BC is where the Paracas people emerged on the coast of Peru, where in Paracas is where all of these elongated skulls are being found. And then in 200 BC, we had the emergence of the Mochica of Northern Peru. And then right around 500 AD, the city of Tiwanaku was developing. You know, ancient aliens loves bringing up Tiwanaku and Lake mm -hmm. Titicaca. Uh, and then 1000 AD, that's when we start to see the Incan um, groups start to emerge. And then out of the Valley of Cusco, and then by the 14, by 1430, um, the Inc the first Incan prince starts to take over the neighboring cities and all that stuff. And then the Incan empire emerges with Cusco as its empire or its capital. And then, of course, in the 1500s, we had we have uh, Amerigo Vespucci mm -hmm. traveling to the Americas. And then um, not too long after, Francisco Pizarro capturing the last Incan king, Atahualpa. And then from then on, it's just modern history of colonization and whatnot. Now, um, some some more notes to add to that uh, would be that the, the Chimu preceded the Inca and they were exquisite goldsmithers. And both were preceded by the Mochica who were, were also uh, exquisite goldsmithers. And the Inca could not replicate the, the advanced uh, goldsmithing that these people had, were doing. But, uh, and in Mochica, in Mochica areas, we have found over 30 pyramid structures and uh, that were excavated in the 30s. And in all of these, the, the Chimo, the Chimu, the Inca, the Mochica were preceded by the Chavin people. And, and uh, Chavin, the Chavin ruins were discovered and examined by, by Julio C. Tello. And it, he's actually the one who found a lot of like the monuments and all that stuff that you see on the TV show. He was what in the 19th century and into the early 20th. Yeah. I read it. I read about him. Yeah. 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 Sitchin writes about him too in his, uh, the lost realm, which I got mm -hmm. handy, handy. I was reading some of it earlier and, uh, but he places the Chavin people to about 1500 BC. So that's way further back than, than what modern, uh, history places them which is 900 bc mm -hmm. and uh, just like the olmec of mexico the chavin suddenly appeared with an already intact like art style which would later influence the peruvian uh, people same as the olmec did with the later mayan and aztec people so they just suddenly appeared and they have strange connections in their art to mesopotamian styles of art and, well, that's uh, kind of like a and and so when did these when did these people date back? The one that you're talking about right now. Well, Julio Tello um, places them to about 1500 BC. Okay, because I mean, there's a lot of similarities around the world in a lot of the um, art. I mean, from Egypt to Mesopotamia to um, South America. So I think that that's kind of like a common you know, thing where science, I don't think the archaeologists have figured out how there are so many symbols and so many similarities in their origin stories and their um, belief systems. Uh, a lot of them have, from what I understand and what I've read, uh, that they have a lot of like beliefs in sky people, creation being from the sky, specifically the Milky Way and Orion's belt and uh, the Sirius, you know, so I, it's, it's interesting to me that these all kind of correlate together around the world. And yet is supposedly, I mean, if we're going to look strictly earthbound, there was no ships at the time that we knew that could circumnavigate the 
globe, right? Because that didn't happen until what about 1492 and you know, uh, Columbus, right? He's the one who paved the way for Europeans to go from you know, Europe all the way into the Americas. So, um, and I'm not going to get into that, but but basically, you know, my research shows that there's so many similarities in all these cultures, really. Uh, from even from like some root words and language, uh, symbols, uh, symbology, belief systems, origin stories. What do you think? I mean, have you run across the same kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, what's, what makes it crazy is like not only do we have similarities in art and customs and beliefs, but as I'll get into a little bit with this, uh, with these notes that I found, I mean, now we're starting to find genetic similarities. And, and I, uh, I want to talk about genetics. I want to talk about the specifically on the elongated skulls, the Paraka skulls, because they had red hair. And I know that when they had the DNA tested, some of that DNA came back from Eastern Europe, I believe. Yeah. Right. So how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, getting into these notes and I was just actually just watching Brian Forrester's recent videos. because He just released a video like a week ago. So it was like perfect timing. Um, finally presenting the dna testing that he had done on these skulls because i know he's been trying to get these tested for years they wouldn't years. academia wouldn't test them they refused to test them yeah um so before i get into that i just want to just lay some groundwork on what makes these skulls unique because we have two classes of elongated skulls we have which is the artificial skulls which are known which uh forrester calls acd artificially artificial uh cranial deformated skulls Mm -hmm. And then we have actual, unique, um, you know, legit uh, elongated skulls. And you're talking about the, you're talking about some of the tribes and some of the indigenous people around the world that actually bound the baby's head to elongate it. And that was in Egypt as well as I believe Africa, yeah, yeah China, I think too. Yeah, you see it all, all over the world. And there's no reason to do that. And other than they were trying to mimic something. Mm -hmm. and, and it was always the royal people who did that, too. They were trying to mimic, you know, some sort of gods or something.